0: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's TV slash poppods to get 50% off your first month.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Hey, this is Mark Striegel. Today's guest, Doug Aldridge and John Karabi from The Dead Daisies. Of course, John Karabi, known for his work with The Scream, Union, and Motley Crue, uh, in addition to The Dead Daisies. And Doug Aldridge has done great work with Dio and Whitesnake. And my co host on today's episode, my wife is back, Emily Striegel. Hey, Emily.
2: What's up?
1: Emily, you are back with, I think, your your third interview on this episode and your fourth, which will be on the very next episode. We're going to let people know about that, too. But your third interview, um, let's recap. You did Avatar at the Rock Derby. You did um, Jeff Tate over the phone slash Skype. And now you went into the city and hung out with the guys in the Dead Daisies. Where did this interview take place?
2: Um, Webster Hall. So I, I got to go to the, before the show and meet up with them at Webster Hall.
1: Cool. And I guess they've been on tour with Kiss. This was a, a night off, and they played at Webster Hall with uh, two bands or one band?
2: They played with two bands, The Sweet Things and Pisser, both bands, NYC bands, both of which I... Love, especially Pisser. Pisser is one of my favorite bands of all time from New York City, for sure.
1: Absolutely, and Frank Ferrer from Guns and Roses, of course, was playing with with Pisser at this show, and also our friend Rob Bailey, who's been on the podcast before, and there was a very special guest, right?
2: Yeah, it was awesome. Richard Fortas actually came out to do a song, so he is he's been with in bands with. Um, Eric J. Toast, the singer of Pisser, and of course, Frank, for years, they've done, they go back um, to a band called Honky Toast, which was a big, again, New York City band that I believe they were signed shortly, I'm not really sure, but they were, they're just legendary in the New York City community. So to see all of them back together again, I was on cloud nine.
1: Cool. Well, right now we're going to get into some classic John Karabi before we hear the interview with John Karabi and Doug Aldridge. This is going uh, way back to 1991, The Scream, I Believe in Me. Heard with some classic music by The Scream, a band that featured Bruce Bouillet and John Karabi. Bruce Bouillet, of course, f- from Racer X fame, uh, great guitar player and great vocalist, songwriter, John Karabi, who's on the show today. Right now, we're going to get into our interview with John Karabi of the Dead Daisies and Doug Aldridge of the Dead Daisies. Uh, Emily conducted this interview once again in New York City and probably about two weeks ago at this point. Uh, And before we get into the interview, let's check out some music by the Dead Daisies. This is Make Some Noise, new Dead Daisies music here on Talking Metal, followed by Emily Striegel's interview with John Karabi and Doug Aldridge.
3: Everybody sing, get out of your chair. Let me hear you shout, put your hands in the air.
2: Uh, first of all, I want to say I've been listening to the album, which was released on August 5th. It's called Make Some Noise. It's really great driving hard rock record. Um, super solid, and I'm really excited to see you guys play tonight at Webster Hall in New York City. The Dead Daisies, you guys have been um, playing with Kiss a few dates for a while now here.
4: Um, actually, we started August 10th in Green Bay. And we've got uh, two more shows. And then we're heading out to the West Coast to do a bunch of press and a video and another show like this at the Whiskey in Hollywood. So we're very excited about that.
2: And now you're doing Kiss Cruise, too, with them?
4: Yes, we're doing the Kiss Cruise. Well, we're doing um, the West Coast shows, go home for about a week, 10 days, something like that. And then we're going to Japan to do the Loud Festival. Loud and Park. Loud Park, yeah. sorry. And then um, come home again for like a week, and then we're back to South Korea to do shows for the troops, USO shows, shows. And then from there to Miami for the Kiss Cruise, and then right from the Kiss Cruise back to Europe for two months.
2: I love it. I love it. You guys are very busy. That's a good thing. It's good to be busy. But one, you know, I was, I was super impressed. You guys won some major badass points for... Uh, on your, this is kind of a day off for you because you were playing with Kiss last night and now you guys are playing here at Webster Hall. So how did how did this show in particular come about? How did the Whiskey Show come about? You just wanted some face time with your uh, fans?
4: Well, if I could clarify, um, first of all, we never have a day off. So <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely not a union um, thing. Anyway, no, we, um, I think, yeah, they had a day, day off here and they just wanted to do I don't know why. We're,
5: I, I think they just wanted to do a Cause show. Because we, we didn't have any New York proper shows. But um, th- they, um, we, we had spent some time here and and wanted to, you know, there's a lot of press here like yourself. And I thought, thought it would be good to come here and represent. It's the first time. I think it's the first headline yeah, I, I, I We haven't done anything in New York, I
4: don't yeah. think. So.
2: Nope. I've been watching for you guys. So this is your, this is your third album. Second album with you, right, John? Yes. Um, and it's been less than a year since your last album. That was interesting to me that you guys turned around and did this so quickly. Tell me about that.
4: Well, the last record, um, if, if you heard the record, we obviously, we had Dizzy and Richard in the band and they went back to do the Guns N' Roses thing. And then, um, it it was weird. We kind of own our own imprint, our own label, And we have distribution through other labels. And the last company that we were working with was, uh, you know, it was a little to be desired. You know what I mean? So we brought Doug into the fold for the new record and we figured clean slate. We were doing a new label, new guitar player. Let's do a new record instead of just having him come in and learn a bunch of old stuff. We went in and uh, we got together with Doug and Marty Fredrickson in January And we knocked out a new album, and we've been going probably since sometime April. We were in Germany twice, came back, and we came here for a week of rehearsals, and we've been on tour since uh, July 10th, something like that. We did all of Europe, and then here with Kiss.
2: Amazing. Doug, how did you come into the fold? And then after you came into the fold, you guys started writing? Because you guys all have songwriting credits on the album. Yes.
5: Yeah, we um, actually last year um, I'd gotten a call from from Marco, I think, or yeah, it was Marco called and said that that Richard had gotten in in, an, in a motorcycle accident and wanted to see if I could f- fill in some dates. And I was unfortunately I was already booked, but um, but I said you know, I called John and I was like, "Look, man, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't do it. You know, hopefully he's going to be okay, and hopefully uh, or you'll find somebody, whatever." And we just caught up for a minute that was cool. And then I guess around that time they decided they were gonna be um, returning to, to tour with Guns N' Roses. And they called me back and said, what do you think? And I, I thought it was, you know, obviously working with, I'm friends with all these guys and um, working with Brian is always great. I've known Marco for since I was in Whitesnake. And um, I've known John for, since we were kids really, we met. <laughs> And I've always loved his, I've always loved his singing and his guitar playing and, um, and songwriting and all that stuff. And I thought this would be awesome. So I talked with David for a while, we kind of talked about guitar styles and it just was like, let's do it, let's go for it. You know, it just felt good. So starting with a clean slate, like John said, is a great thing for someone coming in, you know, it makes it, it makes it feel special
2: and And you have ownership of the songs you have you know like it's it's like that's that's a good feeling, I'm sure, as an artist. yeah it wasn't
4: it's not like we did gigs or anything with Doug. He just came right in, came into the studio, and I hadn't seen him since you know I literally picked him up at the hotel because <laughs> I live in Nashville, so I picked him up at the hotel and I'm like, Hey dude, you know, welcome, yeah. whatever. So he wasn't quite in the fold. he was kind of in a crease. <laughs> and then we did the record and now it's you know full fold isms it's all good
2: very cool so you did you recorded the entire record in nashville i seem to yeah. Did you re, you did some rehearsals in new york we, we,
5: yes we, we were writing we were doing some writing we we started writing in nashville we did okay. a week there we did a week here and then we started recording back in nashville Bye. yeah
2: And have you worked with the um, producer before, um, Marty Marty Fredrickson, who, gosh, he's worked with everyone. He's worked with Aerosmith, Ozzy Osbourne, Motley Crue, to name a few. So what's your relationship? You both know him, but how did he come in with Dead Dead, 80s? Actually, actually,
4: Brian's, I think, the only one that actually worked with Marty prior to doing the record. I've known Marty since 1990. His band opened for The Scream when I was on tour.
3: Right.
4: And then... um, I've like Doug I've kind of you know we didn't see each other a lot but I was kind of watching his career like he went from being in a band to next thing I know he was producing Brother Kane and then went from there to Aerosmith and all the other stuff and Mm -hmm. and then I moved to Nashville and I had no idea that he was there and I just ran into him at a bar and we've always been gone hey dude we got to work together you know blah 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 so this came up and um I was excited about it. I think Marty's a great producer, but he's a great songwriter too. So Mm -hmm. having him in the process was cool because if we got stumped on anything, whether it was melodies or lyrics or guitar parts, whatever, Marty was like a fresh set of ears and eyes to just kind of jump in and throw something on the table and then leave the room. You know what I mean?
2: Multi-talented too. He did some backing vocals on that record too, right? Well,
4: and, and it, I don't know if you know this, but Marty's got his own band called Loving Mary who is out with Stephen right now, Stephen Tyler. Okay. They're backing Stephen on his solo thing. So he's just a great player. He's a great guitar mm-hmm. player, a great drummer, great songwriter, producer, and uh, a great singer. You know what I mean? So it was good having him there to kind of reel us in or at times, like, there were so many ideas going that he kind of separated us and he just bounced back and forth from room to room. Like David and I were in one room and him and, and Brian were in another and he was just bouncing back and forth. Cause we, we all just had so many ideas. Yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. So
2: Marty's great very thing. cool. Very cool. Um, you mentioned the scream and I've always kind of wanted to ask you this because when you did the scream, Right before... You did an album right before you joined Motley Crue. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the scream. Yeah, that's the scream. So, have you ever had this, like, what if scenario in your head? Like, what if I hadn't? Where would it have gone? Because you were only one record in with them.
4: Well, you know, it's... it's uh, Yes. You can think about that stuff. But I honestly... Man, it's like... uh, you could spend your whole life looking back and going, "Well, what if I did this different?" Or, and I I don't really waste my time with it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's kind of counterproductive, and and it can be, you know, if you really dwell on it, it can be negative and 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 you know, a downer. So I just kind of like everything that I'm doing, like everything that I've done to this point has led me to this point. And to be honest, I was just telling some friends outside. Like, it's weird, but who knew at 57 years old that I would have this resurgence in my career? And actually, I think I've done more press and videos and arena stadium shows and festivals than in any band that I've ever done, yeah. so it's I'm a bit of a late bloomer, you know what I mean? I didn't get laid the first <laughs> no, time until no, I was like
2: 33. <laughs>
4: now you got to bring that up.
2: But it's, it's, you know, I, have, I, I, I have a trouble believing that. Thinking, <laughs> thinking,
4: uh, you know, it, it's it's good to look back and figure out what mistakes I've made and try to not do them again. But I don't I don't really dwell on it. I like everything I did. I was into. I was very proud of. And and like who knew. I've just been given a weird map you know I joined the scream we had a great record and who knew though when I was doing it that a year and a half later I'd get a call from Motley and then when I was in Motley I thought we did a great record and I was stoked about that and I thought I was there who knew that Vince would come back you know and so it's just been it's just been a series of uh, bumps (laughs) in the road but I'm right now we're doing awesome the Daisy's record is charting in a bunch of different countries and and there's this huge influx of people that want to talk to all of us again, yeah. you know what I mean so it's i don't I don't even think about it
2: very cool, good attitude to have and on on the motley front, I noticed a while back, like on Twitter since you know I follow all you guys um, you there was a picture of you and Vince are you guys friends like that kind of like took me off guard. I was like oh he's buddies with Vince uh,
4: you know what honestly I've never had a problem with Vince at all i when I was in Motley and he came back, I mean, it was a bit of a kick in the balls, sure. but at the same yeah. time, I got it. I understood why they were doing it. Yeah. Um, the record company wasn't really supporting the record I did with them, so I understood that mm-hmm. they were like, we want the yeah. four guys back together yeah. again. Yeah. So I got it. So there was a period there for about, I don't know, maybe a month or so that I was literally going to the studio with him every day and playing guitar and yeah. sitting with Vince and because he kind of retrack some of the vocals that I had done, so I was just kind of yeah. helping whatever. And um, you know, we sat and talked, and then he even said in an interview, he goes, "I really wanted to dislike the guy, <laughs> but he, you know, we sat and we bullshitted, and he was, he was like, ah, he was cool, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with him. He's yeah. never done anything to me, so." Anytime I see Vince, we, were, we did a festival together in Nashville. Oh, you did? Okay. And I was walking by his bus, and he called me on the bus, and we just sat there, and we talked about things. And mm-hmm. we even talked about um, possibly doing a run together with his solo band and my solo Very band cool. or the Daisies or something, whatever. Very cool. So I think it'd be uh,
2: fun. Love hearing that. And you are, are you, are you on Mick Mars' solo album? Are you working on a song with him for the solo album? There's something going on with Mick's solo album and you I I believe yes no can you talk to this
4: I did two songs on that he actually wrote with somebody else and he asked me to sing them I went in and I changed some of the lyrics whatever and I sang the two songs and he asked me to help him with his record and I told him I'd love to but at the same time I don't want to we're so busy and then I have a solo band. I've got a record coming out, a live record in, you know, next couple months or something like that. And I just said, with all the touring and stuff I'm doing, I want to be able to, if I'm going to sit in a room with him, I want to be able to give him 100%. And at this point, I don't think that I could, you know. So I just said, if you can be patient, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, about it. That, that's all I can say at this point.
2: Cool, cool. So, Doug, can we talk a little bit about what else you're doing on, you know, I know you're doing this full time right now, but like, so you were with White Snake for how many years?
5: Um, for 12 years.
2: And do you still have a pretty good relationship with David Coverdale? I, mean, I saw them in Jersey, gosh, like a month ago or so. They still seem to be still be going strong, you know, but I'm um, curious about your feelings there.
5: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I mean, we're, we're not in touch that much, really. I, I think he was taken back a little bit when I left, but I, I just, um, I was really proud of the work we did, and we started to work on uh, the Purple record together. Mm-hmm. And, and I started helping him with demos and stuff, but I had gone through a relationship um, breakup, and I had gotten my son, and it. it was a, an amicable divorce. It was amicable, but I wanted my boy with me. And that meant that I needed to kind of be a little more flexible with the schedule. And, um, and David was like, I need you guys up here full time. And I knew if I was up there full time, because I'd always been up there full time for mm-hmm. him, we, we spent a uh, thousand hours or thousands of hours, I don't know, writing songs and hanging together and just
3: yeah.
5: um, being creative. And then we, we did, you know, probably in the end, we, we wrote 30 songs together. Mm-hmm. And, um, bunch of projects, DVDs, and, mm-hmm. but this one, I couldn't, I couldn't commit to full time, I just needed a little flexibility, and he really wanted to go full bore on the Purple record, and I, so I just decided, you know what, I'd rather keep it amicable with him too, and just kind of tap out at that point, but I'm really proud of what we did, and I loved working with him, I learned a lot, I've been really lucky with singers, you know, working with Coverdale, working with Dio, working with Crabby, yeah. you know, it's good.
2: Very cool, how old's your, your son? out of curiosity.
5: He's uh 7. He just turned 7. He was 4 or 5 when it when when it kind of went down and it was the best decision I could have made. I mean, I I felt bad for the, some of the fans that were really that really liked that lineup because it had been solid for a while, especially me and Reb together had been really solid. But um it was, you know, family is, comes first always.
2: Yeah, that I agree totally. That's a that's a choice you will never ever regret, you know, making. So kudos to you so i want to know and i'm going to let you guys relax a little bit but um i'm just curious you guys are doing so much what are you most looking forward to like that you have on your schedule for the next six months any country any festival like what do you have coming up that you're like i'm really pumped
4: i'm kind of pumped to go back to japan with this lineup uh, and do the loud park festival i've never been to south korea though too so that's going to be that's going to be uh it's going to be interesting to check it out, and, yeah. you know, I'm I'm excited about that. But, you know, I, I like touring. You know, it, it's just weird, that, like, at this point in my game, you know, I like getting out on the road and doing things, but we've been out for, you know, it's like 12 weeks now or 10 wow. weeks, something like that. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just kind of right now at this point, all I want to do is go home, recharge – I want to open a jar of peanut butter, put some on my balls, have my dog <laughs> lick off it, whatever. But uh, I just, you know, just go home and have some fun and, and see my wife and and uh, and my kids and and, yeah. and just recharge the battery and then get back out again.
2: Yeah. You know. So when's that happening? When's when are you going home to, to do the peanut butter thing?
4: Uh, well, <laughs> September nineteenth.
2: Uh, he knows the date. Okay, this is t- it's time. Yes. So what are you most looking forward to, like, date-wise or uh, country-wise?
5: We have, I mean, we have a saying, some of us have a saying that everything's better in Japan. It's because (laughs) it's just like everything runs on time, the food's amazing, the the people are amazing, the culture. Everything is just, is awesome. I mean, they've got machines that pour the perfect beer in the airport for you. (laughs) Of course they do. So that is always, that's always fun to go there. And then we're going to be going back to Europe, too, and... um, Playing a lot of places that we hadn't we didn't go already this year, so it's all good, you know. Yeah. But I think the, I'm happy about getting to the country of California next week. That'll be good.
4: Yeah. Ash, I want to ruin it for you. It's
5: a week and a half.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can't get here soon enough. Yeah,
5: I think we're I think we're going to be in San Diego on a week from Sunday, so it's like ten days, something yeah. like that. So it'll be good. We we'll be you know kind of on our home turf. Some of us and family will be close, so that'll be good.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks so much, guys, for thanks. sitting down with me and sitting down with Talking Metal. I know we're really, everyone's enjoying the album, and we're everyone's looking forward to seeing you out on the road. It's going to be cool.
4: Thanks so much.
5: Thank All you. Right. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Just heard with some classic motley Crue power to the music uh, that features john krabby on lead vocals he did that one self-titled record with motley Crue. he's just had an amazing career and thanks for catching up with john and doug aldridge
2: in new york city emily They were so much fun to talk to. I really had a blast talking with them. And then to be witness to such an amazing show. It was like a hot, sweaty, rock and roll show. It was so much fun. So I really was grateful to be there.
1: And to round things off, we're going to hear some Doug Aldridge. This is just a great song that he did with Whitesnake from 2008 off the Good to Be Bad album. This is called... Best Years, written by Doug Aldridge and David Coverdale. Thanks for listening, guys.